Blog Talk Radio. Quiet, please. Welcome to Rex Ike's Movie Beat, conversations with filmmakers where we discuss everything film and television. Here on Movie Beat, you'll learn what to do and what not to do when it comes to making movies and TV, and we will talk to everyone behind the scenes and in front of the camera, and I'll provide you with the guests and the information you're going to want to have, whether you're a filmmaker or a fan. So now let's move behind the scenes here at Movie Beat. Welcome. Today I'm excited. We've got Michael Frost Beckner back for the Screenwriter Series. This is Episode 6. Yes, uh, we are taking some things in order, but it doesn't matter. If this is your first time listening, listen, and then go back to the other episodes and uh, and listen to them as well. So uh, Michael's going to join me in a moment. I'll tell you more about that in just a second. I just want to welcome you and say if you're listening live, the chat room is open. The official URL for Rex Sykes Movie Beat is my name, I'm Rex Sykes, I'm your host, it is R-E-X-S-I-K-E-S dot com, that's the official website. There's also a new blog site, it's Rex Sykes Movie Beat, all one word, or strung together, Rex Sykes Movie Beat dot M-E, Rex Sykes Movie Beat dot M-E. Now if you want a, an easy memory peg to remember that, it's Rex Sykes Movie Beat Me. <laughs> uh, Rex Sykes Movie Beat Me. Alright, so there you have it. And uh, and there's uh, all sorts of new information about uh, and articles on the new uh, blog as well as on the official website. So stay tuned and uh, and and visit these pages, subscribe to the blog, and you'll always be updated. There's over 400 hours of professional filmmakers uh, sharing their expertise that is archived and available to you at the uh, official website and at Blog Talk Radio and at podcasts at iTunes. So go and listen anytime. And anywhere is available 24/7. Today, what I would like you to do, whether you listen live or archived, is to share this uh, discussion with your friends and your colleagues in the movie business, and uh, and uh, help spread the word by inviting others to listen live or archived, uh, or steer them to the websites and the pages. And uh, and also, please do leave comments if you're in the chat room right now, or if you're just listening somewhere. If you have the opportunity to leave a comment at the Blog Talk player window or on Facebook or on Twitter, that would be fantastic. It really helps us all out. It helps my guests and it helps me. All right, we've been discussing uh, screenwriting with Michael Beckner. We've been discussing pitching uh, both at the studio or for television, and we're going to continue the discussion now. Um, I, I'm, I'm going to bring Michael on and say, hey, good morning, Michael. How are you? I'm just fine. Thank you, uh, Rex. How, how are you doing? It's nice to be here. It's great to have you back, and I'm doing well, and I, I appreciate uh, us continuing this series, and uh, and you've added so much value and so much really incredible information about the workings of the business, about whether it's writing or pitching or uh, dealing with studio executives, and um, because your background is, is rich and varied in, in both writing and producing, and you know, you've got a website now, 2appomatics.com, 
which uh, mm-hmm. is a, your mini series that you you know you're working on. And uh, I want to put that out there for people. It is t o a p p o m a t t o x dot com to Appomattox. And uh, yeah, you know you're the writer of Spy Games and so many other things. And uh, and, uh, I, I, and as I said, I forgot to to talk to you about this in private. But one of these days, I would uh-huh. love to have a show devoted to Spy Games. Oh, it'd be great. Spy Games is fun to talk about. Um, you know, there's that, and, and uh, you know, chugging along on on the prequel and. Uh, Trying to get some cash locked down for that, and we're pretty excited about that coming coming as well. To have Maddox is, is rolling rolling along with the financing, and, and uh, uh, you know the uh, it's been a long road on that one. Six years trying to get that done, and, and uh, though I talked to some people, they go, "What are you talking about? Hatfields and McCoys took 18 years." <laughs> you know, to stop complaining. But uh, anyway, <laughs> that that seems to be coming together finally, and uh, you know we looked at, at our pre-production in December. Um, you know, getting schedules cleared for people, getting uh, getting it all together, and, and so um, that's all going well. And then the uh, since the last time we spoke, it was uh, we were talking about uh, pilot pitching and that sort of thing. And I was had mentioned I was getting my pitch prepared, and, and uh, so I took my own advice, listened very carefully to what I was saying here, and and applied that. And um, I was very happy to see that the first place I pitched it has has made an offer, and they're negotiating that today. And so uh, it can be done. Um, uh, I guess if I follow my rules, I get things done pretty well. So I'm, I was glad for that. That is cool. That is awesome. Um, and it's uh, fabulous when it works that way. Yeah. Uh, wow. Well, uh, well, very cool. Now, we have been discussing, you know, pitching for studio executives and pilots and TV shows, and, and we're uh, uh, planning on moving into uh, pitching uh, spec uh, scripts or feature films. Uh, is there any wrap-up or any final words you want to have before we move uh, in this other direction, or, or and or um, what the difference? No, I think we can, we can move into it. Maybe if, if something pops up in my head, we'll we'll, we'll circle back around. But uh, you know, it's 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 two different beasts uh, between pilots uh, and television series and uh, pitching uh, a feature film. And when you're pitching a TV show. You're pitching an ongoing, uh, never-ending story, something that, um, you know, they never want to end. They want to get uh, a good five, six seasons out of you. Um, so you're pitching primarily character and uh, a world premise that can keep, uh, you know, the, the events of that world keep repeating and, and keep uh, keep growing and, and, and redefining, and um, the characters stay the same and, and continue to, to battle whatever conflicts they have. When you pitch a feature, um, you're pitching a story, and it's a finite story, especially if it's a, um, you know, if you're not going in and, and pitching on, you know, whatever Marvel comic they're going to put out next next week. But you're pitching on an original story. Um, that story traditionally uh, and, and mainly has a beginning, middle, and end, and you're pitching to the ending. So it's um, <clears throat> it's a bit different in, in that respect, with that respect. Um, and so it's a different kind of pitch. Uh uh, you know, you want to start out with, what do they call it, the, the hook. Um, and it's just, you know, a one-line sentence of, uh, uh, you know, of, of setting up the, the protagonist and the conflict. And, um, you know, a lot of times it's good to do that as a question, like um, come up with that. And I should have, should have thought of this. Uh, well, what was the movie uh, years ago? It's the, made from the, in the 40s. They remade it uh, pretty badly at Disney, but it was always kind of an interesting one. Um, film noir uh, DOA. 
and I forget the name of the character, oh, right. but the character, you know, discovering that he's been poisoned, he has 24 hours before he dies to find his own murderer. Uh, and the question, and then the question is, will he will he find that murderer, and what will what will he learn of, uh, along his journey about himself and what's happened? Um, it's that kind of thing. It's a short thing, you know. Will um, if you know Bobby bets all his money on a horse race. Uh, if he you know if he wins the horse race to, to get the girl or whatever it is, it's just that basic basic premise. But you kind of start there. It's uh, taken, you know. The, I've never seen those movies, but I can certainly guess, you know. Um, Will Liam Neeson uh, be able to? His daughter's been kidnapped. Will he be able to rescue her before she's put into, you know, sold to sex life? Um, you know, that's kind of the. It's the. You, you start off and you come in and 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 where the first call saying, "Are you interested?" Is you kind of do that. Then it's your job, excuse <laughs> me, um, to really uh, be able to concisely uh, reveal the plot and to be able to in the pitch. Um, Tell your story and, uh, you know, consciously without saying, here's act one, here's act two, here's act three, make that pitch uh, a three-act pitch. Um, rarely have I sold a pitch where I didn't have to tell the whole story um, for a feature. Uh, it's, that's entirely different from pitching a series. I sometimes don't even need the entire pilot plot figured out. I just need to kind of know what's being introduced and what's in it. But in features, it is... They want to know the whole thing, especially for pitching something that's original. Um, and so I think that's that's the main difference between the two. Uh, you know, again, if you follow, you can follow the same steps. You can go in with a go to a producer and and then work on the pitch and work on the story uh, with them. Um, uh, or you can go straight to you know if you can have access, you have an agent, you can go straight into the studio, um, depending on what it is. So the, um, how yeah, go, go ahead. Oh, no, go, go ahead. How, I guess the question I have is is can we can we again come back and visit the the structure of the the pitch your uh your log line or your premise um you gave some examples and I just I just want to kind of go through yeah, that. Yeah, I would say you, you want to come come on, come in with a with a hook, something that's concise. Much better said than any of those those three things I just kind of rolled off the top of my head. But that's what you work on first, and, and you really – you know what your story is. You know what your plot's going to be. And but as I was saying, you know what the ending is. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, with, this, with this feature screenplay, it's got to have an ending. Um, I always like to think of it as from the very beginning I'm writing the last scene. Um, and I, I think this is something Sidney Pollack and I used to talk about, is the in your feature film – the movie is the last scene of an entire chain of events and an entire story. Um, it's a, you know, it's a story in and of itself, but it is sort of the, the culmination and the climax of, of, you know, someone's life, someone's career, someone's not, not that it's the end, but it's the, of, of the main event. It's the end of this, of, of this story. So I consciously think in the beginning, um, I'm already thinking of how I'm ending the script and, and, and that sort of thing. And in the pitch, it's the same, it's the same thing. You want to start out and tell them, basically, you know, hook them with the idea, and then say, and then you you draw it out a little bit, and you, and you introduce the character, you give a little bit more of the character, and say, and this is what his journey, where his journey is going to take him, and at the end he's going to find X, Y, and Z, discover this about himself, um, choose love over money, whatever it is. At that point, I tend to pause and see if they kind of got where the, the film lives. If they don't have where the film lives. 
um, you kind of do a disservice to yourself because they're they're having to figure out what kind of movie this is. Um, and uh, typically, let's backtrack, rewind a little bit. The phone call before you're ever in the room um, basically is, you know, either it's your agent or it's your, yourself calling and saying, I want to come in and, and pitch. This is a, um, you know, I got a really cool uh, sci-fi set on Mars. You know, the, the, the first colonists, uh, you know, encounter something strange on Mars. Are you interested in that? You know, you, you say it's a World War II thriller. It's, a, you know, Fury. It's Brad Pitt or it's, you know, XYZ. Ten crew following from Normandy to the end of the war. You kind of give the you, so you already start off. Is it a world that uh, the producer of the studio want to hear anyway? I mean, now it's like today if you go in anywhere and and say, oh, I got this great World War II pitch. No one's going to take your call. They've done too many World War II movies, and that's kind of uh, out right now. Um, and I think we have a whole bunch being released over you know over the next year or two. Um, but you 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 first plumb genre. Um, and uh, you, you make sure that they're interested in hearing the genre you're in. Um, there's nothing worse than someone, you know, saying, well, I want to hear the pitch, but, I, you know, already knowing they're not going to buy anything in the genre you're pitching. It's, 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 it's pitching to, you know, basically to, to, to wooden figures. It's, it's terrible. It's a terrible experience. So you always want to know that your genre is okay, and, and, if it, and, you know, you'll find the person that wants to hear that genre. That's already the excitement. Then you go in and you start with the, just your basic premise, your basic log line hook. That is, it's this character in this dilemma. This is the uh, what he faces to achieve X, Y, and Z. Once you got got him on board with that, and that's you know all of one minute, um, you expand the character a little bit more. Say, so let me tell you about this guy and how we got here. Um, and so you give you you develop the character a bit, but not like uh, television where you go. Uh, highly detailed with it. You, you sketch this out. You're just trying to um, onto the onto the first page of your screenplay in the sense the screenplay you're going to write and, and what do they need to know about him? What would they learn in that first couple pages about him and when and um, <clears throat> what his uh, personality is like? What's his trait? What's his flaw? What what is he you know what is he incapable of seeing or doing? And, um, and then you get in, then you then you basically start you know we fade in and I usually pitch the first scene, and I pitch it pretty vividly. Usually it's the way it ends up written on the page. Um, Spy Game, the uh, the pitch, the, the script, it's different from the film, but it, it opens with um, Nathan Muir, the Redford character. Um, we open with, you know, it's, it's, it's in his condo in, in, in Maryland, uh, outside of Langley, and, and the sun's kind of coming through, and we kind of see this few empty bottles. We see He's sitting there. The news is CNN's going. Um, he's there, lying on his bed, you know, on top of the bed, ashtray on his on his chest, with a pyramid of cigarette ash uh, and a half bottle of, of, of booze finished. And, and he's and he's listening to the report of uh, Tom Bishop being uh, arrested in China. Um, and that was kind of that was it's basically that was. And we're getting a little bit inspired in here. Basically, the guy in his own tomb. Um, but you kind of paint that picture. You, you get the mood going uh, with that first scene. Then, um, then the trick is is to start telling the story without doing it scene by scene. Um, and uh, you know, a great pitch, a great feature pitch, can be ruined if it goes. You know, if it's a 45 minute or <laughs> if you pitch the whole movie almost in real time, that can ruin a great pitch. Um, you want to keep it to about 20 minutes and still tell the first thing. So you start going with your act and your act out, and, and, and you work with that. And that's, that's, that's the structure 
of the pitch. So you act one, um, we introduce this person, and they're engaged in this, and we introduce this, and we develop the conflict a little bit, and then here's you know here's the twist that happens at the end. Tells us uh, you know in, in act two, and we and, and we do it that way. Um, and again, I think it's much more plot oriented than the uh, uh, than the television pitching uh, because it's, the plot is is the key to the, to the motion picture. Do you begin? You know, I, I think when we talked about writing and, and different things, you know, with a log line like, you know, who is it about, you know, what is mm-hmm. the that hook, you know, or, or where are they? I mean, the who, what, when, where, and why. I mean, do you try and throw that into a, a sentence or two bef- before, you know, before you get into mm-hmm. your pitching? And if so... Yeah, you know, I, that, that I will write down. I will, I will work on that very... Carefully, because as you saw, when I just tried to come up with a couple off the top of my head, they weren't all that good. Even talking about movies that have already been made, yeah, you got to get the language of that uh, enticing. It's like writing; uh, it's it's really like writing commercial copy. I mean, or advertising copy. That's you're 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 basically that's the trailer you come in with. You know, it's it's a it's a one or two sentence trailer you're giving them. Make sure you hook them. See what where where they you know where their eyebrows raise or or, or where where the Green gets in their eyes, so you know when in the rest of the pitch what they're attracted to, um, and and they'll always uh, you know do that that sort of thing. But yeah, that's something you, you need to write and rehearse. Um, what I also do, it uh, I don't memorize it, but I'll I will have blocked out, and, and you know whether it's on uh, whiteboard or people use cards, um, or it's just writing a synopsis for yourself. You, you kind of have to have that. Um, you know, I would never bring it. I never leave anything behind. Um, but yeah, you need to have that roadmap. You need to have it all plotted out. It's unlike television in that way, in that respect. Oh, that's really cool. Do you do you have um, a way that you approach it? Do you have a formula that you tend to rely on each time, or do you kind of start from scratch every time? Do you do you say I have to say who it is and then what happens or do you sometimes say what happens to who it is? I mean, is there is there any um, method when, to when your I, magic? When I start out, you know, I, I try to start out with that. You, you can do, do it either way. It's the end of the world and this is the character we're following so what happens and, and who it is. Um, or, you know, it's, it's you can do that either way. What I do in the formula that's been successful for me is I will write I before I even pitch it I have probably written about 30 uh, single single phase pages um, and and I have the entire film ready to go uh, and then it's um, in my own process you know I'll, I'll I'll test it out on my you know my friends people I work with are friends and or family and just a little little by little see what people like, see what people kind of don't get when I'm saying it. Well, the stuff they don't get, I, I know I'll need that later. I just leave it out of the pitch. And that's how I start whittling down the pitch. What are the, what are the things, you pitch it to a few people, what are the, you know, the five, six things that everyone liked when you were saying it? Um, but, uh, you know, it, it, and doing that and working from the document, basically, in, in my experience, is you you, you become – you completely have the film directed and made in your own head. So you can, so what you're just doing is trying to tell, um, highlight it in the pitch process. Um, you know, and you go all through to the ending. And then, then typically, you know, because you've left out enough, 
um, you know, you you allow there to be you know questions and and that sort of thing. People typically go, oh, I love this genre, which is you knew because they said they wanted to hear the genre coming in. And start with that. Oh, I love the genre. I really like the way this character fit in that. You know, uh, and then you can go, oh, well, there's this great scene about that in in the second act. Then you could start reeling back, and that's kind of I guess what I have done effectively in, in feature pitches is I'll, I'll give the the outline of the of the story and the characters. Uh, take them from beginning, middle, and end. Leave out some of the some of the stuff that's that's more detailed and, and develops the develops the character and develops the plot to the the um, uh, crisis moments and 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 twists and dramatic reveals. So that when they ask questions, then like you're telling about a movie, you just like it. Oh, well, that that scene's there. We got that scene, and it's, it's incredible. Listen, you know, and then you, then you tell that. So I I kind of go in, I, so what do I do? I, I come up with my, my premise, my log line, I write out my treatment, I practice that, uh, then I whittle it down to just the, the most exciting beats, like what you would put in the trailer. I guess that's the best way to do it. Pitch that, mm-hmm. let's see how that fits, and then let it come back around to uh, the details. And then, and a lot of times the details, you know, those, those you know, how that moment happened that we saw in the trailer or heard in the pitch, how, how we got to that, it's sometimes what sells it. And then, you know, wow, this is great, and they don't need to hear anymore. Sometimes you have to go through two or three of those, you know, let's back up now and, and let me tell you some more detail. Wow. Well, that's very cool. When you when you pitch, and it's a feature pitch, you, you mm-hmm. still may be in a studio or in an independent producer's office, are there um, – you describe some of the body language things and some of the things that you would do, you know, whether you, you know you face the window so they face you and not look outside and, and stuff like that. Um, are there uh, further considerations when it comes to pitching uh, features um, in this regard uh, because yeah, you're not – go ahead. Go ahead. Yes. No, you go finish the question. That's, that's fine. I was just going to say because you're because you're not having to deal with, you know, the the longevity of a five season kind of pitch. You're now dealing with you know this one off and and uh, th- does the atmosphere do, do do things change from TV executives to feature film executives very much for you? I mean, do you notice the yes, difference? Yeah, uh, uh, yes, very. That, I get where you're going. Uh, yeah, TV executives are are much more business like. It's much more. Uh, uh, business so it's a more uh less relaxed uh environment and you're usually pitching to a whole bunch of people uh in in features it's usually a much more intimate thing you're you're sitting closer together um the uh yeah i remember i was pitching something at cbs a few years back and i went in there and, and into uh, uh nina tasher's office and she'd set it up, and I and I remarked, I don't know if I said it out loud or to myself, oh, she set this up as if this were when we were pitching a feature, where it was very intimate with the sofa and sitting all close together and, and uh, like we're sitting around a coffee table. And that's typically um, the feature thing. You don't, you know, hopefully you don't ever have to pitch to someone behind a big desk. But typically in television, you're pitching, to, I've always experienced, you're pitching to people around a conference table. And in uh in in film, it's always in the intimate, intimacy of a private office, and so it's so you you're allowed that, and that you know you have to stay relaxed for that. So there is, um, I dress up much more going into the network and, and going into the uh, television studios, um, 
unless I'm invited to, you know, the, the production office as a producer, you know, above a set, of, I don't come in a suit. But typically in, in that, well, with, with features, you, you dress much more casually. Um, and, uh, uh, they, you know, it, it's a much more casual atmosphere. Uh, be prepared for some small talk and chit-chat before. Um, the, uh, it, it is much more intimate. Now, um, I don't think that's I don't have feature pitch in, in uh you know, I've been concentrating on T V but I think it's still pretty much the same way. I, I last time I, I did one I was doing uh, with uh Dennis Quaid, um we were redoing what was it, the big easy and we were setting that character up, you know, for, to retire, the, the the New Orleans cop, you know, and he's he's retiring, he's got his last case, he's got a witness and it's the eve of Katrina. And how does he get that? You know, the witness will, will crack the whole case, but he loses the witness during the storm. Um, it has to, you know, find her. Um, that, you know, that's in an office, and it's, it's usually the producer or the studio executive, and then one person who's taking notes and, 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 and uh, you know, following up and, and is the development person. That's typically my, my uh, feature experience, and that goes from, you know, all the way into, into this decade. Um, all the way back to the 90s when, when I started. It seems to be the same way. Now, I know that people are concerned because some people are represented and other people aren't. And does it change, uh, or how does it change from um, trying to pitch a spec script to an agent or a manager? You know, do you find yourself, or when you found yourself in that position to to now, now you're represented and and how does how does the process work? I mean, the agent says uh, you're going to go pitch your script, or they give the script. Can you can you walk us through? Well, yeah, uh, it, it would work. Uh, I can I can go from my own experience. So uh, yes. you, you you've developed your story and and um, you, you've worked it out and you're, you've let your agent know. I, I rarely use managers. It seems like every time I get a manager, I'm, I dispense with them within a month or two. I just I don't find any need for them. Um, uh, when I was younger, the agents did did what managers do now. But now I know know what I'm doing, and I and I don't really like need that uh, handholding that managers tend to do. But so say we pitch it to our agent. Um, they know it. They don't ever want to hear the whole pitch. They're, they just say, well, you know, what's the pitch about? What kind of film is it? Uh, you tell them, and then they get back to you and say, well, here's the list of who this might be. You know, what producers I might want to put you with on this, and let's see. Why don't we go out and talk to, to these people here at the studios that would listen to you do that, give that pitch, and that's where you get your calendar organized that way. Um, now, when I was starting out, I didn't have an agent or anything else, and it was before I could go pitch something, I had to get someone to read scripts that I'd written. Um, whether I was right. trying to sell that script, you're always trying to sell the script, but, um, but the important thing was getting someone who's willing to listen to your next idea. Um, you know, maybe they're they're there to, to to help sell your script, but typically it's the the person that's willing to, to continue listening. When you know, because the, the the fact and chances are is, uh, you know, I remember I once I sold my first screenplay sniper. Everyone said you're so fortunate, you're so lucky. My God, you hit the jackpot! How how did you do it? You write a script and you sold it to Hollywood. It's unheard of. But no, I'd written twelve scripts before that. You know, and, and, and numer- I've said this before, but, you know, on numerous ones, I had people t- who seem to know what they're doing or successful people tell me, really stay away from writing. You, you're, you're not cut out for it. This is not, not good <laughs> at all. And, uh, you know, you just got to say, well, 
I, I, this is what I want to do, so I'll just find someone who likes it. Um, although you listen to criticism, you know, if it's constructive. Um, so what, then what I did uh, is, again, you know, I, I found myself an internship at Disney, right, in, you know, in the, in the photo stills department. I don't think they have that anymore, but um, they must have some version of it. But, uh, you know, and I had enough people that I'd meet, and I'd talk about, talk about my scripts and talk about being a writer and stuff. And, and uh, you know, people tend to, if they like what you're talking about, say, you know, you really, we should, you know, I know somebody, you can talk, call them. And, and that's kind of how you got to do it. It's cold calling. I've never really cold called in anyone starting out um, to get them to read my, my material or, uh, um, you know, send them a script. Um, actually, I have, you know, in the last few years with, with certain people, and, you know, it, even at my level it doesn't work. Cold calling somebody, you know, you really admire, sending them an email, you say, hey, here's their email, they want you to send them a note. They never call you. Um, you really have to get in by personal contact and, and by knowing people. And um, and that that takes, you can't just be pitching an idea because every guy in a bar has an idea for a movie. I mean, it is, I, I never... If I'm sitting at a bar uh, um, or in a you know a club somewhere, coffee place, I'm talking you know ten zoos and next year, um, I never tell people what I do that I'm a writer because everyone says, oh are you, man, I got a great idea for a movie. You should write it for me. I can't write. It's <laughs> I don't need your ideas and and uh, just because you've seen movies doesn't mean that you you should be making movies. Um, everyone tends to think that their life and their experience or their their clever idea is 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 the next movie. So. Uh, but you do have to find you do have to find those people that are in Hollywood and connected to Hollywood, so that you can not only talk about your idea, you know, see if you can get a few reads out of people, and then then people start to connect the dots and connect people to people, and um, you know that that's kind of we we had went went deep into this conversation a, a while back, but uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know it is, it, but it's it's really with 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 that person um, who says you know what I do know an agent or you know what my friend's uncle is a is a producer let's see if they want to talk to you and you know, that kind of thing um typically what they're they're going to walk in with and walk away with the same thing as your agent is just really just a premise idea um it's uh you know one of those hook lines that we just were talking about and that's what they'll walk in with and that's where your first sort of your first exposure comes and then someone someone is interested enough to to, to read it you know or, or to hear the pitch i mean um, then, then you'll get called in to do it. Whether you're, you've gone through, you know, Mary over in the casting department or uh, uh, an actual agent um, or studio executive that you might have already worked with, um, and but then it's the same pitch. It's always the, the same pitch. And, and uh, uh, the other, the other clue, like we were talking about, what are some of the, the the secret weapons to bring in? Is know what the people that you are meeting with have done, what their successes are and what their failures are. Compliment them on their successes. Don't bring up their failures. I was in a meeting, um, the, uh, it amuses me, but I was in a meeting where someone wanted to, a manager wanted to sign me, and uh, he'd not done his homework. He said maybe he looked at IMDb, and he said, you know what, I think the best thing you ever did, and I just love it, and I watched it again uh, last night in preparation of the meeting, was Cutthroat Island. And, you know, I looked at him, I said, well, thanks, thanks very much, you know, uh, you know, there are some kids that like it. Um, I, I said, uh, you know, I do I do have to say that every year when the um, Guinness Book comes out, when, when they still did it, 
uh, and put in the biggest uh, disaster of all time. Uh, my son was would get the Guinness Book of World Records, my oldest son, uh, every year for Christmas, and he would gleefully turn to that page and go, Dad, you're still the uh, biggest loser in, uh, in film. Uh, you, still, you still hold that record for that. Um, so you really, that guy had, had just looked at it and didn't, had never seen Cutthroat Island, didn't know any of its history, and really looked like a complete chump uh, before my eyes. I, really, that's what you're going to tell me. I, you're the biggest admirer of Cutthroat Island. Well, it's you and the six other people that saw the movie. But, um, so you, have to, you do have to know, because people want to be praised. They want to know that you know who they are and, and whatever level of prestige or accomplishment they have, that you respect that. So you always uh, so that can, okay. So we talked about the chit chat. Rex, it's always great because you always. Uh, I couldn't I couldn't do this without you asking me questions. Um, <laughs> you go in and that chit chat phase. Uh, typically, you bring up they're going to compliment you on something or uh, you know tell me a little about you got to give a little blurb. But then you you certainly go and you you thing to do. When I worked with a producer, uh, producing partner when I first started out, um, who was very good at it. He would take that information and then ask a specific question like, how did you get to this and that scene? Or what, what, what other alternative, oh, did you have an alternate ending because it seemed like it was going one way? Ask a question about their, the piece of work that you know they're fond of. Um, that really warms the room and warms uh, them to listening because it means you took the time to figure out who they are. Um, they're going to have to pay it back by listening to you now. Um, if you just go in and just start pitching, they don't have to listen to you. So, but if you if you've uh, sort of gotten them into conversation about their own work, shown that you respect it, that you're interested in it, and interested in what they have done, they're going to listen to you with that much more of a positive attitude. Uh, that's an excellent point. Um, I, I wanted to uh, piggyback on what you said before about the, about the Cutthroat Island, and that is. Uh, what I take from that is to be smart about your praise and to try and put yourself in the shoes of the other person. For example, the person who said that about Cutthroat Island, and I'm being hypothetical now, mm-hmm. could have yeah. been your biggest fan. I mean, could have absolutely loved that movie. But if 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 they don't know the history of it or how you might likely respond to something like that, maybe they would have been better off or better served by praising something else. You, yeah, you know what I mean? I mean acknowledging, other... acknowledging the reality of Cutthroat Island. Um, right, right. I mean, in other words, you, you, you can see through, Right, you can see through Felicia, you know, through through praise that is 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 you know not genuine. But 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 there are people out there who are maybe exuberant about something that that was not a, a, a you know a financial or a critical success and and you know. Uh, but if, but then I suppose if they truly are exuberant and they are a big fan, then they would, you know, say, oh, I loved it and this is why, you know, I mean, they would have the smarts to follow it up and let the person know that you That's actually right. are and a they, fan. They would say, you know, it was such a disaster what happened with Cutthroat Island and, and uh, you know, but at the end of the day, I really liked it because of this reason. Then I go, okay, he knows what he's talking about. But say that's the best right, film you ever right. I, I love that film. I watch it all the time. I watched it again last night. It's the best film ever. Really, and you don't see any any anything in context of, of that it was the biggest disaster ever that you want to mention about that. You know, it's just false praise, um, and you know, people can people can read through bullshit easily. So you have to whatever you say, it has to be real. You have to find something real to say um, because people appreciate that. Now, if he had said like people said, if he, if he had put it in context about Cutthroat Island and what a, what a, what how disappointing 
uh, because this is what I thought, that would have been a great opener. Wow, you actually went to the trouble of watching that movie and, and you have an opinion? I'm very interested in hearing that. So it is no bullshit. It's the no bullshit zone. And you don't want to go in. Seriously, you don't want to work with I mean, sometimes when you're starting out, you work. You figure you'll work with anyone. Um, but you don't want to go in. If, you, if you're going into a producer and you hate every film that they've made, why are you pitching to that producer? Because you, you're guaranteed that what your sensibility and theirs doesn't work and you will clash um, at some point creatively. So, you, you know, you, you have to be true to yourself, too. And, and, and uh, you know, you don't go after something you don't like just to get the sale. Right, right. You know, it, it's, uh, I, I think it's always important for people to be genuine and to be as transparent as possible with, with you know, with who you are, what you are, what you know, what you don't know, so that uh, you don't get caught in a situation where uh, you open your mouth and your foot falls out. You know, especially, with, you know, you're trying to get, you know, you're trying to sell something. You don't want to shoot yourself uh, again in the foot before. Uh, you even get around to making the sale, and I and I firmly believe that a lot of times, I mean, the sale is made before the sale is made. In other words, it's, mm-hmm. it's what you do to p- prepare for the pitch, or prepare. I, I was doing a little thing on crowdfunding, uh, writing my my blog, you know, and and then people think they're going to just launch a, a campaign, but really they're launching campaigns to people that they already have developed relationships with, you know, and so the. the the key is 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 to establish the relationship part first before you ask for something. You know, it's a two it's a two way street. If you can add value to somebody um, prior, and sometimes that can happen inside of a moment. I mean, I'm not saying that you have to have a lifelong history with somebody because sometimes you don't. But but the idea that people connect genuinely up front and and have a, a genuine um, regard for each other, if not you know, a liking for each other, at, you know, at first meeting, uh, it, it would seem that the the opportunity to then, you know, pitch what you have, uh, it's kind of like you prepare the soil before you plant the seed, and then you plant the seed, and then you have to nurture it, you know, to fruition, but, but you know, there's there's a little bit of groundwork that has to be done before you just blurt out. Uh, agreed. And so if it's, if it's your pitching history, well, first of all, you hope, and, and uh, uh, you're not going to be pitching to anyone that, you, you try not to pitch to anyone who doesn't have a capacity or ability to uh, get your pitch set up as a as a as a sale. Um, it's ridiculous to pitch to uh, you know you can pitch your heart off to the to the bar, heart out to the bartender, but he can't buy your script. Um, so, but any any producer that's going to take the time to do it wants to and has a capacity in some way. You know, when you're starting out, sometimes you're working with people that are working as hard as you are, but they have some capacity, some ability. And, and certainly a, a desire to hear the greatest pitch ever and to go set that up. Um, and then when you're at a, at a higher level, you're pitching to people that have um, their job, that the, you know, if they're parked in the studio, their job is to bring in a good pitch. So everyone wants a winner. Um, the, uh, um, at least, you know, produ- at the producing producer level. Um, sometimes I think studio executives, you know, the scariest thing they do, they can do, and, and they, they know that, they, that this is the scariest thing and the most dangerous thing for them is to say yes, because at a certain point right. they're just protecting the jobs. But for the most part, you have to go in with they want a hit. They want to hear something that knocks their socks off, and they want to sell it for you and set it up. That's before they take the meeting. If That's why you, you let them know the premise, and they say, you know, you know, we're not doing sci-fi here right now, or like I was saying, we're not doing World War II anymore. 
don't waste your time with them, and don't you know, don't uh, be bitter about it because you didn't waste your time. Don't waste your time, and they'll, they'll listen to the pitch. But really, you know, it, it's if it's not selling, it's not you know, it's not their fault. Um, and that's what we were talking about with uh, finding some common ground and making friends. And we talked about that with um, even just interviewing for jobs and stuff. You you want to go right. in and find a reason for them to acknowledge you as a human being and not just a a, a number coming through the door. And so, like I was saying, my uh, the producing partner had uh, Jim Gorman, uh, who had worked on some of my earlier stuff. Um, you know, he was very good at going in and saying, "Boy, I, you know, I, he would watch all the movies these people had done. They'd do all the homework, and then he'd find some questions to ask them, not just praise them, but ask them questions that you know would get them thinking." And uh, um, as we've said a number of times on this this show before, um, people want to be asked about themselves and their and their successes. They want to talk about it. That's, that's that's just the function of of, of, of social hierarchy and, and being social. Um, so if you if you're able to, to go in there and you do that, then they have a vested reason. That, okay, he gets me. He's he's validated me. He gets what my work is. I will listen with that much more attentiveness to what he's doing um, because because of that. Um, and uh, yeah, so that that's very key. If you really do have to do the homework, you do have to get the soil prepared. And so you you want to spend a minute doing that, even if they don't want to at first. That's why you got to do something personal about them before your pitch begins, and it's a, it's a minute or two minutes well spent. Um, and uh, I, I always know, find something. You, yeah. I know. I was just going to say. I, I think this is such a uh, an absolutely critical point. I don't want it to be lost on people because um, I mean, you've been in the business a long, long while. I, I 40, 40 years ago. I mean, I still remember a conversation I had with a, a fellow actor who said, "Have you seen so and so?" Who was a fairly prominent film and TV star at the time and I said or I asked him if we were all friends and he said you know every time I see him you know first words out of his mouth is he runs down his resume and it it struck me I mean I went yeah you know I I, I know I mean you know and the guy was working a lot you know but 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 my then friend at the time he's now deceased said you know I just I don't even like talking to him I don't like seeing him because it's never about anything other than what he's been doing and there are sure. so many people, uh, you know, there are so many people who their first point of contact is, will you help me? Will you read my script? Will you put me in your movie? Will you direct, you know, can I direct your project? Can I buy? I mean, there, it's not like, hi, how are you? You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> how's your life going? It's, you know, I have this thing I want you to do. That's and, right. That's and, and I mean, I'm sure you more than me. I mean, I, you know what I'm saying. I mean, there are people who are in the position of of, of entertaining the notion of, of helping people or, or working with them or whatever else that just get hit so often, so many times throughout each day that every you know, day. If you're going to approach every day, well, it, it, and every I'm always polite about it, but I'm I am every day. I, I get. But wouldn't from, it be you know, cool? Wouldn't it be cool if somebody can But I mean, my point, Michael, is if somebody just walked up to you on the street and said, "Michael Beckner, my God, hi, how are you? What's going on?" You know, and they never, they don't pitch you. They're just so captivated, and they and they and they know your history, and they and they just say, "Well, th- cool, thanks." I mean, isn't that a, isn't that kind of like a, a refreshing uh, breath of air to to find somebody who's 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 even if they down the road want to ask you something, they're not. Yeah, they're, that's better not better how they start. Can't. Well, the, the people that I entertain uh, of the of that category of people that are asking um, every time they they seem to 
uh, come in contact. The people that I, I actually entertain and continue to talk to, and uh, you know, are people that, that did not start out that way. You know, it's it's perfectly legitimate once you have a dialogue developed with someone that you can ask them, um, "Do you want to hear my pitch, or would you put me in your film, or uh, would you, you know, look at my daughter's resume, or whatever?" It's perfectly fine for them to ask you after they've developed a rapport with you. But certainly, people that come right in and, "Hey, you don't know me, but I'd be perfect um, to do this," or "I, uh, uh, you don't know me, but I have the best script for you and a great idea, and I want to pitch it to you so you can write it for me." Like, are you are you serious? You know, some people they, they believe that it's it, you know. I wonder if they think that it's that easy, or they know that it's hard. But if they they just figure if I try this enough times, someone at one point is just going to say yes. I don't know. I don't know how their minds work. But well, uh, I mean, I, but I, I mean, I yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I'm just saying. Typically, the people that I actually entertain the notion. Okay, I'll read something. We've had a dialogue, even if it's a stranger. You know, with Facebook and stuff, you can meet a lot of people and talk. You know, LinkedIn the same way. Talk a lot, lot to people about that sort of thing. Um, before they get to, hey, would you read something? Or hey, would you? Can I send you my headshot? Um, at that point, if I have a rapport with them and a dialogue, and I've kind of sucked out a little bit of their character and who they are. Um, I'm perfectly happy to, to take to you know to look at something or to enter to listen to their pitch or whatever. But you never off the bat, it's 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 a, the most off-putting thing ever. You don't know me, but I I'm I'd like to star as, as Ulysses Grant in your Mary thing. I'm the best Grant out there, really. <laughs> well, you're right. I don't know you, so thanks anyway. We haven't we, well, don't, you know, we have an actor for that. I, I mean, I get it. You know, I mean, I, I honestly, I, I do get where people are coming from. I mean, I would like to do the same thing, I guess. You know, but what, what I, the, the, I guess the, the, the point of our discussion here is that, you, you know, it's a hard world out there. It's, it's, people are desperate. They want to get known. They want to, they, they, they find a source and they want to tap that source right away, and, and they want people to know upfront because they go, this is my only chance. I mean, only it's kind of like you know, what's your elevator pitch? Now you've got to give it every time you see somebody, and because they're afraid they won't have another opportunity, or they they contact you on Facebook or social media or on the street or in the coffee shop, um, and it's because you know they 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 want to make it, and they might be the best of anything, but it's it's always that approach. It's kind of like uh, you know, if if all the factors were there and a woman came up to me and said, I'm, you know, you're the guy for me, you are going to marry me. And, and I was like, well, yeah, I mean, I can see why I would want to, I, I don't just mean a visual thing, but you know, if, mm-hmm. I go, okay, but, but typically that's not how people get involved in relationships. You know what I mean? I mean there's, no, there's this kind of mutual desperation stinks and, and desperation never gets anyone anyway, anywhere. Um, you can smell it a mile away and, and, and uh, it's, it's a little bit frightening. Oh, you know, is that how they always are? Are they just this desperate person? And so, uh, having worked with some people like that, yeah, sometimes they are just always like that, <laughs> and that's a little bit weird. Uh, the uh, yeah. what you have to do is is, is uh, you know I think people say you know it's my one shot, I better do it now. Or everyone else was afraid to ask, but there's no harm in asking. There's no harm in asking, but but develop. You've got to develop rapport. Right. Um, exactly. You know, it, you know so. That's the thing. No, I mean, and that's what you, I mean, have you don't to do ask, you do, in, in the pitch room. Yeah, I mean, most, it, it, it kind of like the, the equivalent of a door-to-door salesperson. You know, when somebody knocks, I, mm-hmm. I mean, I'll be at home, and somebody will knock on the door on the dinner hour, and I'm like, okay, now what? And I go, and it's a stranger. Like, and they're like, you know, we're doing trees in there, you know, we're doing roofing, we're doing this, we've got, oh, by the way, have you read this material, or can I invite you out to, 
Um, and you know, it's 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 unwanted, you know, contact and uh, uh, you know. But but uh, again, you know, it, it is so. The point we're trying to make to the listeners who are out there, if if this is you, it's about developing people skills and and, and appreciating the other person first. Ted Hope um, on the on the show. Ted is a friend mm-hmm. of the show and and of us, and said, you know, I have so many hours in the day, and I have so many scripts I have to read, and I've got so much stuff that I have to do. And if you if you say here, read my script and hand me a script, and I've got a pile of thirty on my desk, and it typically takes two hours to read a screenplay for me. Um, when do you think I'm going to do it? Because that pile is there for friends and other business contacts before you came along. you know. And mm-hmm. if I don't know you and, and, and there's no history and there's no track record, I, I've got other things. You know, I, There's only so many hours in the day. And I actually right. really... I, and, and I, what I, I, yeah. Pardon me? You have to develop rapport. And that's what we've talked, we've talked yeah. about that. And, and, and you have to develop some kind of rapport so that they consider you a friend or at least an acquaintance or, an, you know, someone they, they can, they've associated with once or twice, that's a lot better. That's, that, that's when you, you say, hey, would you be ever interested in reading a screenplay? And I, and I have that. And I think people do that. Um, uh, it's, it's, it's also mercenary, um, but I don't mind that. You know, people, uh, you know, I'll talk to people and I'll engage with them. They'll, you know, it's typical. I have some guy on LinkedIn, I don't, I don't know. Um, you know, wrote me some uh, stuff and, and talked about wanted to ask me some questions about play game or you know, some interesting things, and then we engaged in that sort of thing. And later on, he said, "Hey, I have an idea for something, and can I send you a page over? Would you listen to it?" And, and uh, that's someone I'd go, "Yeah, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll do that," um, because I knew him. I knew kind of what his character was like, and maybe his plan the whole sure. time was to do that. Well, good for him. That that worked. That does work. It shows me respect. You know, you know. And uh, it's disrespectful to ask, uh, um, you know, because, you know, also is, uh, you know, I worked extraordinarily hard. It was extraordinarily difficult to get where I am and just to get my foot in the door. And for someone to try to have the presumption of coming straight to me now that I'm there and just asking to, to come right up at my level um, without even, you know, introducing themselves, you know, more than this is who I am and I have the best story ever, it's going to make the greatest film, um, that's presumptuous, and uh, uh, it's disrespectful a little bit. You, you know, it's, it's uh, you know, social media makes it difficult because the, a lot of the, those those walls, the typical social walls, are, are uh, stripped away a little bit. But um, you know, respect someone, and it's like you were just saying, it's, it's I have I have a lot I have to do, and uh, and it's finding that that level of respect and building that rapport, and 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 that translates to when you finally get in the room to pitch. If you just just launch right in, and uh, how do you do? Great, but this is who I am. Oh yeah, you have a pitch. What, what's it about? Um, you've got to take it back and talk a little bit about the person that's giving you the time. And know that you're burning a little bit of time from your pitch. But uh, if you don't develop a rapport and show some respect and show that I actually did a little homework and and this is what I know about you and this is what's interesting about you to me and, and this is what I admire. If you don't do that, they're only listening with one ear. They're not listening with both ears. They're not hearing in stereo. Um, I think I think the point that you too many things that they have on their their place. Well, I think I think I think the point that you make, and and I'm so glad we're having this conversation because mindset is an important thing to do, is that we tend to think the pitch is about our project. Uh, I'm going to extrapolate this out to actors, and and you mentioned desperation, and I, I know so many casting directors go, we don't want you feeling desperate in the room. We want you to be confident. We want you to owe the room. We want you to make this your audition, good, bad, right, or wrong. Own it. 
have confidence in it, and then get out of there. All right, don't don't try and hang on and do any of this stuff. Just keep, you know. But if we smell desperation you, from the when you walk in and and you walk out, they, they they're kind of of the mindset that you know we're looking for who we can send on a camping trip with the director, the producers, and the stars, and and you're not going to qualify it if we don't think you can get along with them, or if you're desperate, or if it's a problem, or you're unprofessional for whatever reasons. So you know you've got. 30 seconds, two minutes, five minutes, whatever, to make a positive impression, do it, and then go. And then it's up to the, you know, to the gods, to the fate, to the universe, what happens. Um, in right. the same way, with, with this, with this um, discussion, is that we think that, the, you know, we think the audition is about us, but it's not. It's about being part of that team. We think that the pitch is about us and our project, but really it's about the person you're pitching. In other words, you're okay. trying to convey to the other person so that they get as excited about it as you may be. So that's right. You have focus. to get them, you have to get the uh, vested interest in it and in you. Um, you. You know, you can have the best pitch in the world, but if you don't have a beat on the person pitching, or like you're saying, if the person seemed desperate, man, I'm going to stay away from that. You know, it's it's it's, it's people get into the life's too short category pretty quickly. Um, you know, it's life's too short to work with that for someone like that. So you are doing that. Um, you know, even with casting, I do a lot of casting uh, when I'm on a show, and, and uh, you see, you know, for one two-line role or, you know, three lines, you're going to see, I don't know, 20 people sometimes, 30 people. And uh, with each one, you know, there's a, there is a small bit of a, – a, a short bit of small talk before the audition begins, and that's where you sense – and test out, is this person desperate, is this person, you know, so many people now, you know, actors that you see a lot, they know that, you know, they've got a chance of one in 50, and it's not about them or their performance, because they know they're good, and they, they come in with confidence, and you say hi, and what have you been up to, and they say that, but it's in that what have you been up to thing, or hey, I, 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 we're looking at you because we loved you in that commercial you did, um, it's in that moment that half of their audition has already been completed. Um, yeah. The acting, if, if, you know, they're sending out, you know, hopefully the, the, the talent agents and the good ones, not sending out people that can't do it, you know, as far as the acting job and the skill. They're sending out people that will be able to, to, to do it in some way. You, you're not going to get, um, you, know, you know, the guy that's, you know, from the community theater who, who you know, is terrible. You're not going to typically get that. I never see that. I always see people, right. when, they do the, when they do the size and they, and they do their, their uh, audition, they're all genuinely pretty good, good enough. A lot of them, you say, I can make this work, and it's and it, then it's just on, it's or do they fit the part? You know, and, and and a lot of what people never understand is is when we go into casting and talking about that, is that um, it's also how they fit with the cast just visually, um, right, right. size, hair color, uh, uh, skin tone. I I don't ever, you know, you don't cast someone that looks like your star to play opposite your star. Or she certainly right. don't cast the prettier girl unless it's, she's supposed to be than than the than the woman detective or whatever. Like you just don't do it. Um, you don't if you cast someone already for one of the uh, co-starring leads who looks a certain way. You don't cast the next co-star to look exactly the same way. Um, and I find it highly annoying when I'm watching a television show and it's like, wait, which one is this? You know, you're trying to figure out the characters and the cast the the, the uh, Showrunner is, has gone and cast the, the the one look that they like, and they cast it. I forget what show it was. Used to do it dreadfully, and I watched it. Oh, it was 24 when it first started out. I think someone there liked uh, skinny blondes, 
and every woman was a skinny blonde. I, I can't tell who's who. You know, and I wasn't as old as I am now when that show first came out. That's 12 years ago. And, um, uh, <laughs> you know, that, that, that. But, uh, but we're going back to that first impression and, and talking about writing in, in the pitch. If you go in and, and you're, you know, you're, you're, you're nervous, and you're, you're going to be nervous anyway, but you're ex- exceedingly nervous, or you, you will allow your nerves to manifest themselves in your, your body language and stuff. And if you don't ask any questions, or if you just go into your pitch, you already lost half of your, half of your sale. And you made it half, as, again, as difficult for yourself in the pitch to, to overcome that. You have to go in, and you have to engage and be a human being who can talk to other human beings. Um, now, if you do that, if you don't do that, and your pitch is terrific and you sell that pitch, um, and you continue to maintain that uh, disengage and only about your pitch and about your thing, uh, and now I've sold it so it's even better, you're going to be replaced immediately. I know writers who aren't all that good, but they never get replaced because everyone likes them. And there's writers that work a lot more than I do um, that I don't think are all, all that great of writers, but I do know that, that they have huge people skills. They're very good, good at that. And your friends don't fire friends. So it's also from the beginning you're trying to make friends. Well, that's, that's a, a really important uh, thought for all of us to keep in mind, you know. And uh, and the the other principle in sales is people tend to say yes to people they like, which you've you've very eloquently stated. And uh, and they, they may say no because they have to in certain situations. But it's harder to say no to someone you like and who's your friend than it is to somebody who isn't. So, um, so I someone you want to get to know better. I mean, typically, what in first meeting you're trying to whether either you're selling anything or you're just selling yourself and making friends. You want them to want to get to know you better. And in professional, then you want them to get to know you better because they want to get to know your work better. Here's another thing that happens in feature pitches um, that is tougher. In, in a TV pitch, the same thing happens, but it's much easier to skate around and to deal with, and it's not as important. Um, and that is uh, when they say, you've done your pitch, and they go, I really like it, but what if it did this? And then they give you some, like, they throw you a curveball about your character. Your story. What if it was... Uh, I love the whole thing, but what if your your lead character? What if she was also, uh, you know, a uh, alien, <laughs> you know, from another planet? And right. uh, you know, in television, you can go, yeah, we can explore that. That seems like a really good thing to try in season two, or maybe even do it at the end of season one. Or if you want to start out that way, explore it in a whole different direction. TV, it's easy to bounce that, bounce off that, you know, hit that curveball. In features, it's tough because your your film is a solid one single thing. It's, it's, you know, the sculpture's kind of made there. But it's poisonous not to entertain that. To just go, no. Um, a lot of times, you can talk them through it and talk them right out of their, their, their what they thought was a good idea. Other times, and what I like to do, is take their idea and really consider it and try and give it a great spin. Well, if we did that, here's what we could do. And this would, would change it that way, and that might not be a bad idea at all. That seems like a really good idea. Boom, you've invested them into your script, and now they, have, they feel they have some kind of uh, ownership to it. So it's always, always entertain, entertain the note and the idea and the pitch. A lot of times they do that because they don't know what else to say, but sometimes you can, you can surprise them with your, your ability to dance right into that, you know, change from the box shot to the rumba seamlessly, you know, and, and that's impressive. 
Very, very cool. Very, very important. Very cool. Uh, Michael, I'm going to have to take a small break right now. Uh, sure. bone past, we've been blown past the, uh, the midpoint of the show, and we're sailing along. So uh, I just want to uh, remind everyone that uh, you're listening to Michael Beckner on Rex Ike's Movie Beat. His, uh, his uh, current uh, TV project, Two Appomattox, has a website that you're going to want to visit, and that is uh, T-O-A-P-P-O-M-A-T-T-O-X, twoappomattox.com, and uh, go and check that out. It's a miniseries that Michael has, has written and is currently in the process of producing. And um, you're listening to Rex Sykes Movie Beat. The official URL is rexsykes.com. My name and rexsykesmoviebeat.me. Uh, are the uh, official site and the blog, and you're going to want to do that. My next guest coming up, I'm not going to say who it is or what it is, other than if you produce movies, direct movies, uh, need to raise money for movies and or like horror films, uh, you're going to want to listen to this show. There's some potentially exciting new news um, for uh, filmmakers in a, in, a, in a variety of areas, and so uh, we may have one or multiple guests on next time which uh, is the, if I remember right, is the 11th of September. Other guests following that, um, just stay tuned. You can find Matt on Rex Sykes Movie Beat Friends on Facebook or the blog or the official uh, URL, but stay tuned um, for my guests. Also, leave comments if you're listening live or, or archived. Listen to uh, leave comments at the Blog Talk Radio Player. And, uh, and please help us spread the word uh, about these shows uh, both live and archived through your favorite social media means. You tweet about them live or or after the show. Uh, you help us do that. That's great. It helps us get the word out. Put it on Facebook or Pinterest or whatever, and uh, and then help us spread. I uh, appreciate it very much and very kindly, and I always appreciate your questions and your comments and, and all the wonderful things uh, that you as listeners do to support the show. So thank you. Uh, one more thing. This is the month that the Milwaukee Film Festival uh, begins. It begins on the 25th of September and runs into October. And then there's a wonderful film festival also, another one called Flyway Film Festival in October, and another incredible film festival called the Wyowega Film Festival in November. So we've got a few months of film festivals in the Wisconsin listening area that I encourage you to attend. All right, back with Mr. Michael Beckner. Uh, I, I really appreciate this because I think um, that sometimes you know people will say, well, you know, you may have talked about this in a previous show, or you brought this up before, and I always say, you know, if you heard it before and you haven't done anything about it, maybe you need to hear it again, and you just have to keep hearing it and hearing it and hearing it over again until you finally decide to act on the information and and make it your own. And for people out there who are trying to break into the film business, wherever you are in the film business. Um, I think it's important that it's, a, it's it, like anything in the world, it really is about people first. It's about friends yeah. and connections and people. Um, yes, it's about well, tons of money and scripts and acting and fame and success and all that kind of stuff, but it's, it's, we still have to you know, work with people. And it's, 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 you know, I will do anything. I mean, I, mean I, I, I ask people to think about this. I do anything for my kids. You know, I mean, there may be tough love included. There may be maybe easy love included, but I don't do anything for my children, you know, including letting them make their own mistakes. But I, you know, it's because I care about them, 
and I will do anything for my friends. I, you know, I, I, I tend to think of myself as a very loyal and, and trustworthy guy. I'll do anything for my friends that I can if I'm in the position to do something. I'm, 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 I've got their back. And I think that, that people, if you look at people as a commodity or if you look at people as, as stepping stones you know, or, or, or rungs of a ladder to just get where you're going, you, you miss the point. And, and some people have done that, and some people still succeed. I mean, they, you know, there's, there's room enough for everything in the world. But um, I think, you know, respect and validation. That's not how that's not how a group of people succeed. That's how single individuals succeed, and they're very lucky to succeed that way. It doesn't work they, for they, most people. Right, no, and they've gotten through somehow, and they're maintained because they bring in dollars. But 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 if if that's your approach... Um, the likelihood is, is is far less likely than if 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 you uh, can associate and become friendly with other people and and help them succeed, then they're more likely to help you succeed. That's right. right. Absolutely. Um, so so I mean this is again it, you know I think it was an important point and and when. What do you do when you leave the office? How do you, you, know, you, you made your pitch? Uh, you leave quickly. I always, I always carry out my coffee cup or my plastic thing. I don't leave uh, dishes behind. Um, <laughs> that's just a, a thing I do. I, I, I feel uncomfortable leaving a, a cup in someone's, a half-drunk coffee mug in, in someone's sure. office. I'll take it out and ask someone where I can put it. That's just, um, uh, you know, being polite, um, engaging. Uh, let them say what the next step is. You don't need to say, well, should my agent call you or what do I do? You just leave. You just leave and say goodbye and thank them. Um, if you don't know what happens next, well, then you can take it up, uh, you know, take a beat, get back home or get back to your office, and, and you can write an email or make a, uh, you know, call a, a, an assistant or something and say, hey, what's the next step? You don't want to put, if they don't say, hey, I'm buying that, let me, uh, let's figure it out. Do you have a lawyer or, or do, who's your agent? If they don't say that, don't push them for what you are going to get. You still might be able to get something, and you know you can always, if, if you're pretty good about it, you know if they hated it, they're you know when that happens, they're probably not going to do anything for you. But if they liked it and it's just not for them, you can certainly, if you have created a dialogue, created a now someone that you didn't you you acknowledge them, showed them respect, you can ask them, you know, for a slight favor. Hey, who do you, who else do you know that might be interested in this? Who would be interested in this? Or or uh, hey, if I have something else, can I come in and pitch it to you next time? And Typically, if you made a good impression, they'll say, sure, absolutely. Or they'll say, you know what, you might want to try, you know, I just don't make this kind of film, but, you know, I know so-and-so who, who, who makes these kind of films and gets them, and, and you know, they, they, you know, you pitch me horror, I do uh, sci-fi. It just, it's not horror, and, and it, it's close, but it's not. Um, but I know a guy that's doing horror. He gets this sort of thing. You know what, maybe I'll make a call for you. Or you might want to try and reach out to them, and you can use my name. And, you, you know, you always try and pull something out of it. But if you've just gone in there and just pitched and, and been slightly offended when they didn't hear the, understand that it was the greatest pitch that was ever made in Hollywood, um, and, or and on the way out you say, well, are you buying it or something like that, you're never going to get another uh, – uh, you're never, never going to get out on the dance floor with that person again. Um, so uh, leaving is, is very important to be polite, to be thankful, uh, to be energetic and happy and not uh, ask any more questions. People that ask too many questions – tend to get uh, the answer no. Well, uh, I'll give it to them a lot. Well, very, very cool. Um, now you've you've sold or you've pitched your idea, you've left the office, and you wait. <laughs> I think that's yep. always uh, 
a tough time for people as well. Well, I, I focus on something else. Where else am I going to pitch it? Who else? Where else could I move this? Um, with a pitch, you don't have to give them that much time. Uh, there's no, that's why I never leave anything behind. You know, people like to leave a leave behind uh, copy, but then that means you know you're going to have to wait from whatever day in the week you are till the next week. You're going to wait through a weekend because everyone says I only read on the weekends, whether they do or they don't. It's an easy way to get out of reading. So I never leave anything if I'm pitching behind, and that way they can make a decision without having to read, uh, take it to the weekend read. Um, you want to avoid the weekend read because it just, you know, the longer the longer they can live without it, you know, the, the less likely they are to buy it. You want to sell them the car on the lot. You don't want to say, let them go, we'll come home and, and maybe call us later and try and sell it over the phone. So leave behind deadly. Don't do it. If you have something, what I do, and, and this is, okay, this is another one of those, you know, one of those Michael Beckner tricks maybe, but uh, and, and they work for me and they might not work for anyone else. A lot of times I will bring in my full treatment. I'll bring in the whole thing I have. I don't even refer to it. Maybe I'll kind of lead through it in the beginning to, to uh, appear as if I'm getting my bearings, but to show them that there's something out there. There's a piece of material. Then I'll pitch it and they'll say, oh, can I have it? You know, you, and then you always say, Bob, no, I put my notes on it. I can send you something if you want. And, and, and that way, you know, if they take the bait, that way you know that you have an ability to contact them irregardless of, of having to say, um, hey, did, do you want to buy it or not? You can always reach out, or they'll reach out and say, hey, we want to look at it or something like that. That, that gives you a few, well, you know, a few extra minutes outside the room but still on, on their, uh, you know, in their attention sphere. So that, that's something good to do, but never leave anything behind. And then you, you do have to wait. Um, I don't really chase these things anymore. Um, if they want it, they're going to call somebody. If they don't, no matter, you know, how many emails you send, hey, did you read it, did you get it, when are we going to talk, you, they didn't buy it. So and that, that's what it's, 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 you have to have thick skin about that um, because you have to also look at everyone as, well, they didn't buy this and maybe they despised the whole thing. If I was polite, if I engaged them, if I've now made a, an acquaintance, who, who will recognize my name again, I can go back there and ask, ask them something. To come pitch something else or, um, hey, do you know so-and-so? I think my thing would be really good for them. Um, could I use your name if I called them? You know, some easy things. Um, if you're respectful and nice and you're not, com- you know, uh, a complete idiot, uh, you know, if someone called me and said that, hey, do you know so-and-so? I- I'd like to call them. And, and they're not asking me to make the call, but could I use your name and say that I pitched to you? Um, I would say yes, and then that for the writer who's, who's trying to, to, to sell their thing, that's always great. But, you know, and they're going to say yes because you showed them respect, and they know you're going to say good things about them. But if if they don't, if you didn't have to build any personal rapport, you know, my my tendency would say, you know, no, I think you're going to have to do this on your own because um, I don't know you. Uh, so so that's another another thing that goes back to the, the main thing we've been talking about is, is, is creating rapport. Um, so and, and, but what happens if you have an agent is let the agent follow up. You shouldn't be following up. Um, if you don't have an agent, you, you're going to have to follow up. It's, uh, uh, you know, then I would wait. If I don't hear anything, I'll give it at least uh, at least seven business days, at least a week, but, but not counting weekends, um, before I, I ping back. Um, but typically at that point, I know that it's not happening, so I, it's not a very forceful uh uh, hey, I didn't hear back from on the pitch. You're going to buy it or what? You, that I don't think is successful at all. Um, just checking back in. Uh, you know, I wanted to, to get. You know, I know how busy you are. I just wanted to put 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 my put myself back in front of your. You know, in, into your attention or something like that. 
Um, uh, that's kind of the way to do it. But if they like it, you're going to hear from them. They will make uh, the effort to find you and find out, uh, you know, how they can get uh, their hands on this project. Um, if you're chasing it, it's it's, it's very rare that, that it's going to uh, you're going to chase it and go, oh my gosh, yes, of course, this is we wanted to do this since you left the room. We just forgot to call you. That's never going to happen. So they're going to contact you sooner rather than later. And and uh, now you mentioned following up. Can I ask this? Is it important that you follow up? I mean, in other words, if you don't have an agent and the agent has to follow it up, uh, isn't it much more professional to, to to do call them and say? You have to. Yeah, at some point you do. Um, Not just leave it. You can you call, know. but, but uh, you know, that puts them on the spot a little bit and, and it makes them uncomfortable because they have to pass directly to you. And they're like, you know, I, I, I sat there going, didn't they know it was a pass since, you know, they didn't hear from me for three months? Um, but, you know, uh, it's better if you, if, you, if you do contact them. A call is, is, is just fine. Um, or an email. I think an email these days is, is much more appropriate. Because that way you can, it's, it's kind of a thank you note. Um, if you're starting out, thank you notes are hugely important. Uh, some would say the old-fashioned written and stamped uh, thank you notes uh, carry a lot of weight. I personally, um, if someone sends me a thank you note, I remember them. I remember them uh, much better than someone who sends me a thank you email. It's like, wow, that guy went to the trouble to write me a note and, and just say thanks. Um, sure, next time they call, I'll, I'll be, yeah, I know that guy. That's the guy with the thank you note. Yeah, what do they got to say? Um, so, you know, when you're starting out, you know, handwritten thank you notes are always good. Even in my, in, where I am 25 years into it, um, I still write, write thank you notes to people. Um, even... Directors I know, you know, huge directors, um, a lot of times they've, I've, I've received thank you notes from directors. You know, these are real, real top-notch people. But, you know, thanks for coming in with that pitch. It wasn't for us, but uh, it was great seeing you again and, 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 you know, that sort of thing. People still write thank you notes, and they carry a lot. They, they create a lot of good, tremendous amount of goodwill, and they carry a lot of weight, even though it's, even though it's a thank you for, you know, but we're not doing this. Um, so, I think you know it's always always worthwhile, and I don't want to sound like the you know grandmother out here, but it, she she was right. Well, I think like anything, you know, it's it's you're smarter if you operate smarter. You know, it, there's there's just kind of common sense things that some people tend to think of, you know, miss or forget about uh, in our day and age, and um, it's probably better if you practice them. Rather than ignore them, and and so I, you know, maybe grandmother is right, you know. <laughs> Absolutely, and it's, and it's building. If you need to build a network, you're not just, um, uh, you're not just uh, selling. You're you're you know, it's not just the one-off thing. You you need to uh, uh, build that network, even you know, so that you, when you don't sell that pitch, suddenly you do have a network of all those people that you treated respectfully, that you got their attention, that you uh, had built some rapport with, that you said thank you to. Now you have ten people you can go to with the, with the next one. You know, I look back. I look back at my young teenage and twenties acting career, and I and, and I do this every now and then, and I, I don't let it bother me now. I just make it a point to try and do things differently. But I go, wow! I had an audition, or I had a meeting, or I had whatever happened to them. How, what, why did I, you know, how, how did I not get back there? Why did I not, you know, what didn't, what didn't I do? What, what was I thinking? I had a, I had a, I had a friend in this person, and then suddenly, I never saw them or spoke with them again. What, you know, and I think a lot of it 
for me, when I lived in Hollywood at that time, you know, you, 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 I don't know how to describe right. it because the city is the city is not. I don't think it's geographically large, but it is it is large in time. And I mean, there is granted there's a huge amount of area, but I mean, right. you know, when when GPS came along, I suddenly realized, oh well, the beach is only ten miles away. I thought it was like forty miles away. Um, <laughs> Isn't that funny? Yeah, it takes all that time I mean? to get there, but it's right there. Yeah, it's right next to you. So, so, but I think I think you know, in some ways, because it's spread out in that way, that I would I would I would be territorial. I would there'd be times when I would hang out with all my friends in Beverly Hills, and then it'd be Pasadena, or then it'd be North Hollywood, or then it'd be Malibu, and and sometimes you know when I went to different I guess boroughs or areas of L.A. Uh, mm-hmm. I didn't think to connect with the people who were in the former one as much. And and so somehow I let those friendships or those acquaintances slip and slide and, and go away. And so now, you know, something will trigger my memory and I go, Oh my God, you know, how did I not how am I you know, how did how did that ever happen? And it's it's probably because of thoughtlessness more than anything else. It was because, you know, at that time in my life I didn't I didn't think I mean, even if they were friends, but I didn't think of it like, well, these are cherished people I have to keep as friends because I I like and value them. I you know, and I'm not saying that I was careless or right. totally you know egotistical. It, it was just that that there's things that you need to nurture, or things that you should nurture or want to nurture, um, because because they're important to you. So I mean, I look back at, and, and it's not about missed opportunity or my God, I had this friend and now I don't. But it was it, it was about the, I guess the lack of care, the lack of thought, the lack of. Um, it's that decision, uh, especially when you're young, of I need to move on to the next thing, and I need to make this, yeah. this thing is, is is tapped out right now. I'm going to move on to the next thing, and then concentrate and put all my effort into that. Uh, but then you're moving from point to point, and you're not, uh, you know, it's 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 across a flat plane rather than creating a sphere around you, which is is important to do. And I try to. I, I've done the same thing. Um, you know, interesting. Uh, a, a good example is um, uh, changed agents recently, and you know, you go through the exercise of okay, who are all the executives you know? Um, uh, where are you? Where are you? Uh, who are the producers you like to work with? This, that, and the other. And you know, it's kind of okay. You got to think of that. And you know, over, you know, this was for television. So over, you know, over ten years, twelve years, or something that I've been uh, concentrating more on television. There's a lot of people, a lot, and I realized as I was going through this list, names were coming up. Oh my God, I'm talking to them. I really like that person. A few of them, I didn't even know where they were, so I, you know, I texted them. I texted them and say, hey, I changed my agents. We're doing that list there. I, I needed to write down the people I like, and you, you know, and, and it was funny. I, I got seven meetings right away of just from that text. Let come in. We want to see you. Um, oh, and cool. I was thinking that, you know, boy, if I kept in touch with these people and followed it just a little more carefully. Um, I'd be having these meetings all the time because a lot of these people, these are people I never even uh, made, did projects with, but it's people I liked, people, executives I pitched to, I felt there was a warm rapport, and, you know, and, and uh, uh, you know, there was a thank you note, or even maybe it was an email in a lot of those cases. Uh, right. But, you know, but that created some, you know, some sort of thing, maybe it was followed up by a lunch and then it dwindled out. But this people, no, my God, yeah, come out, let's talk. Um, it helps to have that because it's so hard to sell stuff and you never know what your next idea is going to be. And even if the idea you have right now isn't right for that the group of five people you pitched the last thing to, and you know it's not right for them, and you don't want to waste that, you still need to keep in touch because the next one you have might be right for them, and you want, you want to be in the forefront of their mind or at least not out of their memory. 
Uh, again, it's just a very excellent uh, way of thinking about things, and we're nearly out of time, just so we okay. we, we realize we've got about uh, you know maybe five minutes left at 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 the best. But um, you, the value of this discussion for me is is in I mean in many different ways, but in, in one of the ways particularly is the notion of building that network um, to move within and to move up with together as opposed to doing a one-off. And I think this is when I was saying how did I approach my career earlier or how do people approach you know, having a screenplay or going on, a, on, on, on a, an audition, whether you're a director or an actor, is, is if you treat it as a one-off or if you treat it about the, you know, I have the script as opposed to I'm building a resource network you know, I am building my team. I am, I am, I am uh, sure. becoming friends with future collaborators. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know the yeah, the notion that know where they go. You know, there was a lot on my list that you know that uh, they may have been vice presidents or, or development executives, creative executives that I really got along with, and I pitched, and they were like. You know, they were into the show maybe more than their boss was. And, and, you know, I didn't really stay in touch with them. I'm making this list, and I'm saying, well, I know this person, this person there. And, and the agents left. They go, well, each one of those people now run the network. You should have stayed in touch with them. It's like, oh, I, I guess I, I should have. They, they, because you never know who's going to succeed faster than you do. Right, and right. If you're friends with them and you work with them, they bring you up the ladder with you, with them. So that's, that's called lost opportunity in a lot of those cases. Oh no, that's very very true, very true. Wow, well that is that is truly truly amazing. Now when we come back, we'll we'll let the listeners know when we're going to return and we're going to talk about things. There are other things to talk about, you know, like we're going to talk about um, working in a writer's room, you know, in television and and smart ways to write spec scripts and um, and things like that. So. Uh, I want to give people a heads up to know that, you know, this is episode six. There's five prior episodes related to screenwriting and and pitching and, and selling your script and selling yourself and making connections. And then we are going to be continuing in, in other areas as we move forward. So, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm really enjoying the, this um, series of discussions we're having here. And I, I just want you to know that I, I really find great value in it, and as did the listeners. So uh, thank you, Michael. Well, you're um, welcome. You're quite welcome. I, I quite enjoy it. Well, very cool. So in the last remaining moments, if you don't mind, I'd just like to let you sum up whatever you'd like to, to talk about or or begin to open up or close um, for, and I guess really we've got about three minutes now, Um well, I'll put some like on, the, on the feature pitch. So we, we, we develop our hook, and we, we have our idea, and we have our genre. It's pretty specific. So when you go out with that first phone call, query, or the email or whatever, it, it, you have that line, and you know what it is. You, you go into the room. Uh, when you get your pitch meeting, you go into the room, and you establish rapport. You know the person you're pitching to. Uh, you know their work. You know why you're there, and you, you show them some kind of respect or some kind of compliment to get them engaged with you and, and to – uh, let them warm to you by warming by by warming them up a little bit. Then you go and you start off with your premise again. You build on that uh, to build out the movie. Then, then the, you, you, it's as if you're narrating the trailer. The sec- second step is is narrate your trailer. 
then that if you got them already and they seem to be on the same page and they haven't stopped you with questions, maybe they do, then you go in and you sketch out Act 1, Act 2, and Act 3, um, uh, sticking to the major plot twist at the end of the act. You're always building to your act out um, and then to your, fin- your finish. Uh, then you then you you allow for questions. You hopefully end with a bang and exciting, and you just sit quietly. They will ask you a question. If you don't speak, they will ask you a question. Then from that question, you go back and mine some of the um, more tender, more personal, more emotive moments of that movie. So then you're bringing it to life a little bit more. Uh, then you also stay uh, open-minded to any. Uh, development notes they give you in the pitch. And every note is a good note. You treat it like a good note. You either talk them out of it or you uh, show them how smart you are by incorporating it into your story. Um, so that, that quick sums up our feature pitch, uh, which was, was our whole thing. But we spent the most time, which is important, on networking and rapport and, uh, and building that network around you. And I think that's, that's just as important as, the pitch, as once you're finally sitting in the room pitching. Well, the other thing I wanted to say... One other thing mm-hmm. was with two Appomattox, there is the website, but if you want to engage with me and some of the production t- uh, staff that checked in and out, is there's an official uh, two Appomattox page on Facebook. And uh, it's not the fan site, oh, but okay. it's the official page. So it's fa- uh, www.facebook.com forward slash two Appomattox. Um, and that way, you, you know, any questions, I, I, I'm on it once a day. I answer questions. It's been a slow August because everyone's on vacation, so there hasn't been a lot of news, but all the news about the series and the miniseries and where we are with the financing and where we are with the network and all that stuff uh, comes up then. Uh, it comes up there, and you can you can ask questions and engage. That's awesome. I'm glad that you mentioned that. Plus, you're on Twitter as M.F. Beckner. Right? Yes, that's correct. Michael Frost Beckner, B-E-C-K-N-E-R, at Twitter. All right, Michael, well, thanks so much. Until the next, I'm going to call you back in just a few moments, but yep. until the next time, this has been a fantastic discussion. I so appreciate it, and I, and I wish you the best, and, uh, and um, have a great, fabulous day and a, and, a, and a really wonderful weekend. We'll all talk again soon. Thank you. <laughs> all right. Thank you. Uh, Mr. Michael Beckner, again, a fascinating guest, and I really do appreciate this series. I've got a, a special conversation coming up next time about horror and money and movie and directing and a bunch of different stuff. That's just what I'm going to tell you for now. So if you're into any of those things, um, you're going to want to listen on the 11th. And uh, if things, as far as upcoming guests, stay tuned to Rex Sykes Movie Beat Friends on Facebook. Go there. Uh, follow the new blog. Subscribe and follow. You'll get updates and you'll get uh, different information through the blog at rexsykesmoviebeat.me. M as in Mary, E as in every. rexsykesmoviebeat.me. All of these discussions are archived at rexsykes.com. That's rexsykes.com. That's my name, R-E-X-S-I-K-E-S.com. And uh, and so do that. You follow me on Twitter at Rex Sykes Movie BT. That last uh, word is abbreviated. It's Rex Sykes Movie BT, and you can follow on Twitter. And that way you can be updated to um, what's coming up, um, who my guests are, if there are any changes, and then articles on different things. Right now on the blog, there's a series on um, crowdfunding that uh, we've been doing, as well as other things. So uh, I hope you'll uh, visit the blog Enjoy the blog and um, and uh, and stay tuned in that way. All right, everybody, have a fabulous day. Make your movies, complete your projects. Until we meet the next time, that is a wrap. <laughs>